Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. Welcome back to the fray. I want to dive right into it. Catching up with my comic books. Those comical booklets, halfway through almost uh, three issues, in uh, to the screaming 
Citadel, Marvel's big Star Wars crossover event right now, if you can call it that, Dr. Afra. Uh, teaming up with Luke Skywalker at the Screaming Citadel. You got a queen who's like a vampire queen, wants to suck the blood of a Jedi. Luke's trying to master uh, some of his Force abilities at knife point. Can't quite do it. So I guess by the time Emma, uh, Empire rolls around and he still can't get that lightsaber uh, easily to his hand, I guess we have precedent that he has failed before. Han Solo, Leia, Santa Staros, all involved. There are some great things in the series. Uh, there's some interesting concepts and themes. Uh, it's not clicking for me now. I want to hear from you guys, though. I, I have, I have to admit, I seem to be more and more grumpy. Not negative, grumpy about the Marvel comics. And I don't want to be. But I also feel I have to be honest. I think there's great stuff being done. You just heard me a couple episodes ago raving about Poe Dameron number 14. And uh, that is with uh, uh, every ounce of necessity in my bones to to rant, uh, to rave about them. Because it's a spectacular issue. It's one of the best things in new Star Wars canon. Issue 15, which I finally just read today, uh, is also very good. Uh, the four, Number 14, though, has some depth to it. But 15's good. The Poe Dameron comic is good. I love Terex as a, as a character. His involvement with the First Order. Uh, a stormtrooper who used to be with the Empire. He fought in the Battle of Jakku, etc., etc. If you're uh, not into the Poe Dameron comic yet, or not into deep, I don't want to go too much into it, but... but Take a read. Read all this stuff. But that's what I, I want to know, because the Screaming Citadel is supposed to be their big event, much like Vader Down was last year. Guy, time flies. I can't remember. Vader Down was great. It was amazing. Uh, Screaming Citadel, not my thing. It's got some horror type of feel to it. Uh, it's, it's a little different. But that might be your thing. So I want to know. I'm going to keep reading the Marvel comics. There's no doubt about that. Make no mistake. Overall, love what the team's doing. I just, there's, I get they're the comic books. And that's where you're going to want a little bit more of the, quote, crazier stuff to happen. Or stuff on the, you know, outer, not not the outer rim, but the outer reaches of the Star Wars galaxy. Some of the different stuff. You can play with some of the, uh, those different themes and, and vampire queens and uh, all those kind of things. But it's not my thing. I want to know out there. So write me, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, and let me know what you feel about this and what's going on with Screaming Citadel and beyond. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new Vader comic coming out, uh, Mace Windu, that one shot with K2SO and Cassian Andor, definitely into that. Uh, I like what's going on. The comics give you a good chance to tell some of these stories. Uh, on a little different method than the novels. So, I'm on board. I'm on board. I just get grumpy about space eggs and space whales and uh, all those kind of things. Let me know, please. I want to know if I'm just alone on this grumpy Star Wars island. Because usually I'm not. I think you guys know that. Got a question from Chase McLean at Chase underscore Windu. And he talked about, he asked me a great question. I wanted to talk about it here. It was a thought starter, Chase. He said, hey, is Obi-Wan purposefully condescending to Anakin in Episode 2? Or is that just how Jedi Masters are to their Padawans? And it got me thinking about 
how Jedi Masters are to their Padawans and are to their people they're supposed to be mentors to and supposed to be um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, 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 um, I, I think Obi-Wan, I think that's a little bit of Obi-Wan's nature. Um, I think what they also needed to do, what Lucas and team needed to create f- going forward was you see... We know Luke's, uh, excuse me, Luke, we know Anakin's going to change, and you have, uh, in episode one, Obi-Wan is definitely a little resistant to the idea of taking on this little dev- desert scavenger kid, a uh, little, uh, little desert bug. He doesn't really want it. Qui-Gon does. And that's part of Obi-Wan's growth. That's part of his maturation. As he agrees to do something that maybe he wasn't fully on board with, but a person he respected was like, this needs to happen. Please do this. Continue his training. And Obi-Wan makes that choice. But we have to establish two things going into what we know in the original trilogies, that Obi-Wan and Anakin were pretty close, inseparable at times. There was a connection there. Obi-Wan trained him. Obi-Wan had that had a deeper role in his life, and then it it it, it was bad. It it turned, and then then they have this big fight. If you had read the Return of the Jedi novel, you you knew they fought on a molten lava based planet and had some big epic lightsaber battle. Um, so all that was building. I think Episode Two. What they had to do doesn't necessarily mean they did it. It was at times over the head. And what I'm saying, Chase, and anyone listening here, is that that Obi-Wan needed to guide and have this connection with um, Anakin, but also needed to kind of be, treat him a little crappy. And you had to have this building tension. I just don't think it was uh, executed as as subtly as maybe we would have wanted. Not that you can't have some of these big moments, but that was part of the downside of two Part of the downside of the prequels a little bit is, is some of the stuff was just over the top. The dialogue. That's not Lucas's strong point, right? We can apologize for that all day. We just know that it is. But we're left with that. We're half Star Wars canon now where Obi-Wan was kind of a little prick to Anakin. Kind of treating him bad. And this isn't the first time. Those Jedi are a weird bunch, man. They're a weird bunch. They're stern, they're stoic, they're this, this lack of uh, attachment, and um, they can have compassion, but, but there's, there's certainly no passion. There's, there's all this kind of stuff, and, you know, I go to, I mean, and there's, and there's trickery. There's trickery. It's, it's, I'm sorry, it's to me not unlike the Sith. When you look at Yoda in Empire, now that is pitch perfect, that is something executed wonderfully. That whole Yoda uh, sequence, everything on Dagobah, and from the beginning to the end. So you have Yoda over there singing about uh, seagulls hitting his knees. Kidding. Um, no, he's there with Luke, and he plays he plays a trick on him. And if I remember correctly, if I remember, this might be from the novel. This might be some from expanded canon that that I don't. It might be from one of the Zon novels. So please correct me if I'm wrong, or point me to where. I think I'm uh, recalling this. When Luke was approaching Dagobah on his X-wing, and he basically, cr- you know, crash lands, and his sensors are jammed, everything's everything's going wrong. If I remember correctly, that was a little bit of Yoda's doing, just kind of like taking away everything away from you. This is the first part of your test, and of course, he meets Yoda. Wars not make one great, and that's the worst Yoda ever. Um, 
Uh, the only Yoda, I can't do Yoda's voice. The only thing I think can kind of do with Yoda is, you will be. You will be. Uh, you have to see my face. Uh, um, Yoda's playing tricks on him. Yoda's, you know, he's tested him. He's trying to test his patience. He's trying to see if he can get Luke angry. He's trying to see if he can. And I always felt it was unfair. I always felt it was unfair that Yoda is just being a pest. He's being annoying. He's playing word games. He's, oh, I'll take you to Yoda. This is a oh, great warrior, right? I, I got you. Let's stop for some snake soup. Come on. And he's poking and he's poking literally and figuratively at Luke. And then when Luke finally loses it, like, what am I doing here? Yoda's like, oh, goes to Obi-Wan. This kid's too angry. What are you doing to me here? I, I, I can't. Uh, what what? <laughs> Be, well, what do you what do you done to me, Obi Wan? And Luke's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute, wait a minute! You set me up here. It's entrapment. And I always felt that was a little unfair of Yoda. Obi Wan didn't have much to do in that one. And then, of course, then we know Obi Wan. You know, in story again, I think I think it's fair to say Obi Wan and Empire and Jedi when he when he's uh, Luke, I kind of lied to you, certain point of view, blah blah blah. I think that was a little course correcting because I do believe coming out of Star Wars, a lot of that stuff wasn't wasn't set up in Star Wars. There wasn't hints in A New Hope that Luke and Leia were brother and sister. Then Obi Wan was dropping clues. None of that. So I think, but in story, let's look at this in story. Obi-Wan is lying to Luke. He doesn't want to tell him all the truth. Uh, he's sending him into, you know, you got to face Vader. You're, you got almost like he's saying you got to lose. Though Luke rushed off and, and they're setting, they're setting Luke, Luke, they're basically, hey, you can keep training and be a better Jedi or go save your friends. That's a tough choice. And they're not fully explaining it. They're not fully explaining the consequences to Luke of what would happen. They're being cagey. Yoda and Obi-Wan are being a bit cagey. And again, I get it. Yoda's trying to test Luke. But why? Why not? Hey, all right, crash land him. Yoda comes up. Hey, how you doing? Can I help you? Do I need to help you get, get around this place? Yeah, I'm looking for Yoda. Ah, good, that's me. Come on in. Let's have some snake scoop, soup, some snake soup, a scoop of snake soup, and let's talk. I don't know... I've been in a lot of uh, teaching situations, coaching situations, mentor situations. I understand keeping some keeping Luke uh, from the knowledge of who his father is. I understand his sister. I understand that's part of the it's part of the ruse that was going on. It's plausible deniability on Luke's uh, on Obi Wan and Yoda's part, trying to you know make sure Luke has uh, has no knowledge. I understand that. But to, to rile him up, to get him angry, and then to be like, well, screw it, he's too angry. He's not going to be a Jedi, Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon was wrong. Is that going to be in the, the, the new, new special edition Empire? Where Yoda turns to the ghost of Obi-Wan? Qui-Gon, mistaken, may have be. Who? Um, I think it's been unfair. So I think you got Obi-Wan going back in the day training Anakin. He's being a little bit of a smartass, a condescending prick to Anakin. Don't lose your lightsaber, Anakin. Guard it with your life. Yeah, you know, who saved the day? You jumped on a droid, and if Zam Wessel was a better shot, she would have taken you out as opposed to the droid. You know? That's the one thing thing I'll say. Uh, It's a little bit of a plot hole for me, and I love Zam Wessel, one of my favorite bounty hunters in the Star Wars universe. Great shot. 
Great sniper shot. You're taking out that droid as Obi-Wan's holding on to it, flying around Coruscant. Which, by the way, have you ever tried to hold on to something with your body weight against you? You know, your fingers aren't that strong. You have to be like an aerialist, uh, an aerial artist to really do that correctly. I am not. And I maybe Obi-Wan used the force in those fingernails. Um, it didn't work for Yoda and Sith either. Um, but Zam Wessel should have just shot Obi-Wan. Don't worry about that droid. Take out Obi-Wan. There's nothing he could have done. Anyways, that's a different discussion. And it can save the day there. He sensed it. Obi-Wan was, uh, oh, I sense it too. I, I, I think that scene in Sith where, uh, you know, they're, they're sitting there. Um, not Sith. What am I doing? Attack the Clones. The, the opening Attack the Clones, when they're sitting there and they're debating politics and this and that, and also Anakin's like, whoa, 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 there's something going on in, in Padme's room. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, oh, I sense it too. Look, I love Obi-Wan, but I think he's just playing catch-up. I think he's just like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah I was going to say something. And they go in there, Anakin saves the day. Uh, maybe Obi-Wan had a little jealousy early on. I don't know. Maybe he thought he, he was the best Jedi coming up the ranks behind Yoda and Mace, and then now you got this hotshot kid coming out of the desert. And I, uh, my, my friend, my mentor, Qui-Gon, wanted me to trade him. So Obi-Wan, I think, did treat him a little bad. Now, there's other scenarios, and I'm okay with being a tough leader and a tough mentor, a little bit of tough love. And I think you got, you're teaching, some, you're teaching some, some big themes here, some big stuff. This is some life-changing stuff going on here. Um, now, Yoda's nice to the younglings, you see that. But I think there's just a lot of, you know, even go to the Clone Wars episode where Ahsoka takes everyone, uh, the, the, the Padawans, to Ilum to get their lightsabers, basically. There's, a, there's some, t- I'm sure over the course of history, some Padawans died trying to find the kyber crystals for their lightsabers and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure at some point, oops, ploop plop, went over there. Uh, the Rodian Jedi, and he died. The uh, Padawan Ploop-Plop, uh, canon, by the way, the Rodian Jedi Ploop-Plop uh, died in the cave trying to get his kyber crystal. Oh, well. At least six others didn't. I think even that is a little bit, a little bit weird. I mean, look at some of the stuff Tarkin went to, went through on his, uh, his home planet there. Was that Iridu, his home planet? One of those tests where it's like, you're 15 now. Here's a laser shotgun and go into the wilderness that no one in our society dare go. And hopefully you come out on the other end. <laughs> and I, I, you know, and I know that that's based on some real things, real traditions, whatever. Um, uh, you know, the G.I. Joe character Lowlight, who was a sniper, was dropped off by his dad in like a junkyard and said come morning you better have like 20 dead rats with this sniper rifle i'm giving you a little gi joe history for you um so even that you know uh they're treating these younglings and ahsoka wasn't mean ahsoka wasn't condescending but it, even then she's like all right you need your you're getting your lightsabers um okay cool uh <laughs> how do we get them is there a store uh, we pick no. You go on this ice planet that is off the map and might later later become Starkiller Base, and uh, go find your crystals. Well, how do I know which one's mine? I don't know. You'll know. It's like love and marriage. How did you know? I just knew. Can you explain that? No, I just knew. That's what. All right. The Force will call the. Uh, you'll find your Kyber crystal in there. It's a little tough. 
It's a little tough. The Jedi trials, the training, a little tough. Mace Windu doesn't seem like the warmest guy. Maybe off off duty when they go down to Dexter's diner. Maybe they're taking a maybe he's taking his uh, figurative shoes off. He's an okay guy, but other than that, he's pretty pretty serious, pretty prickly. I can't imagine if you're Mace Windu's Padawan uh, that that was a, a joyous experience. Had to be a little tough. Plo Koon is seems to be more warmer to Ahsoka, but we don't see them in their initial training. He he get, gets her into the Jedi Order, sponsors her in, but eventually she's handed over to Anakin. And Anakin, to be fair, didn't know what to do, and his only frame of reference is Obi-Wan kind of being condescending to him in the events of Attack the Clone. So right after that, he gets Padawan Ahsoka Tano. Snips. Hey, Sky Guy. And Anakin... You know, a little mean to her at times too. But they had a thing going. Not not a thing, but you know what I mean. They had a they had a repertoire, a little little chemistry, a little friendly chemistry going down. So I get that. But even then, Anakin not treating Ahsoka the best. Um, Kanan Jarrus, aka Caleb Doom, um, I thought Depa Balaba and him had, and what we saw in the early issues of the Kanan comic, which going back to my top thing, the Kanan comic. Um, start to finish that series was spectacular. Uh, not a lot of missteps for me. Great stuff if you haven't read that. But it starts with Order 66. It starts around that time. And you get to see a little bit of him with Depa Balaba. And she's gone through a lot. She's been doubted. She's been injured. She kind of lost her command. And taking Caleb Doom as her Padawan was kind of her way back working up the ranks of the Jedi Order. She lost some trust. If you read into that character, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So I like the example of her. She was tough. There's big questions he's asking and she's trying to answer. But in the short time that you see them together as Master and Padawan, um, before Order 66 kicks in, um, the, I, I would say there's a warmer relationship there. Maybe it's something to be said that Depa Balaba was a, a female Jedi. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she's naturally was a little warmer, a little more nurturing. Uh, could be. I'm just putting that out there, not saying that scientific fact. Of course, Jedis aren't real. Um, could be, but maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe, uh, you know, Obi-Wan's kind of that uh, tough, kind of annoying older brother to Anakin. So, Chase, I don't know. You got me thinking. I don't quite know the answers. I'm just putting it out there. Would the Jedi have been any better if the training or most of the masters were nicer? Would Anakin have turned out any better? Would the prophecy have been flipped around and turned on its head if Anakin and Obi-Wan just had a little bit of a nicer relationship? If Anakin wasn't so annoyed with Obi-Wan all the time, would he have stayed on? Would Palpatine have gotten into him? And then let's not even mention the Sith up top, but let's... The training of the Sith is just, how do you sign up for that? Ever since the Rule of Two comes along, you're finding the person you know that will eventually and if uh, try to kill you a few times. And you, in a weird way, want them to try because that's how they, you know they're, they're doing it right. And it's all about trickery and chicanery. Vader and Palpatine had an interesting relationship. Seemed to have started out smooth, but then as we see in the comics, in the Vader comic, Palpatine, not overly happy with uh, Vader's uh, recent defeat at the first Death Star. And you got to imagine the Emperor wasn't too happy about the events of Scarif. Um, started to doubt 
Vader. And actually, I shouldn't even say started. You get the sense that Palpatine knew all along it was going to be a little tough to keep this Anakin kid completely interested in being the big bad evil of the galaxy. You had to know, because Palpatine's playing on it. You had to know Anakin had a big heart. You're playing on that fact that you. I know you love Padme. I know that you're with her. I know that you want to keep her alive because you're having dreams that she's going to die. So come on over to this side. We've got cookies, and I'm going to keep her alive. You know? I, 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 Palpatine's playing on it. So he, he knew from the start that, that Vader had a big heart. So there was only, um, only a, a, uh, only a matter of time before Vader turned on him. But that's the training of the Sith, man. Power. Unlimited power. Until you try to take that power from him. And the Jedi... It seems like they're, oddly enough, not too different. No Jedi's trying to overtake the other one, but it seems to be some healthy competition. You have to think that. All right, that's my musings. That's my musings for the day here in Spotlight Star Wars. Chase McLean at Chase underscore Windu. Great question. I appreciate you listening, tweeting in, and spawning some good thoughts, and I want you guys out there to answer me. Let's talk about the trading styles of the Jedi. Give me some examples of nice, sweet, comforting mentors and kind of prickish Jedi masters and their Padawans. Let me know. Find me on Twitter, at CatNapsock. Use the hashtag SpotlightStarWars. And don't forget to follow the Force Center podcast feed on Twitter. At Four Center Pod, we're on Facebook as well. iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. And we do have the Patreon page if you'd like to support. Uh, one of the big rewards is each month you will get a special Patreon-only episode of Finish the Fan Fiction, where me, Joseph, and Jennifer sit down and improv a fan fiction story based on your suggestions. Last month was uh, pretty funny, pretty interesting. It did involve Mace Windu some good food and Dexter's Diner. That's it for now. That is it. Send me some questions using that hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Let me know what you think about the Marvel comics. Am I the one being too grumpy? Tell me what's good. Tell me what you don't like. But above all, keep supporting the Marvel Star Wars line because we do want more Star Wars material. That is it, guys. So, for Yoda, for Force Ghost Obi-Wan, and for the dragon snake that tried to eat R2-D2. That's it. We'll see you next time. May that force thing kind of sort of always remain around you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.